From the very first time my son watched Mary Poppins, he has wanted to see London. Prior to last August, my wife and I had planned to wait at least a couple more years before venturing overseas with our kids. But that all went out the window when we saw that Norwegian Air was offering direct flights from San Francisco to London for $365 round trip. There's nothing like an irresistible flight deal to speed up your family's timeline. Before we knew what hit us, we had booked four tickets. Yes, my friend, the Schleins were going to London. I'm Adrian. I'm from... from... Carmichael. I'm from Carmichael, California. Family Travel Radio is on the air. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hello there, my friend. It's Aaron Schlein here, and this is Family Travel Radio, and I apologize for that horrifying British accent, but I'm excited. I'm so excited because for the next week and a half or so, Family Travel Radio is going on the road. We are traveling to London and we're just getting started right here today. So starting Thursday, this Thursday, April the 18th, my family and I are jetting off from San Francisco to London, England for eight days. And I'm going to bring you with me, my friend. We are going to be sharing every detail of our trip through the podcast. I'm going to get to that in just a second. And we're going to be sharing on social media. We're going to take over the Family Travel Association's Facebook and Instagram feeds during our trip. The podcast, we are going to have several special episodes coming at you while we're in London. Every single day we're gone, I am going to post a, a daily recap My wife and I will record a daily recap of events, the highs, the lows, the good, bad, and ugly of everything that goes on with my family and me in London. And we are going to post those daily recap podcasts right here on Family Travel Radio. So if you are subscribed to the podcast, expect to get several bonus episodes coming at you daily while we're in London. And if you're not subscribed to the podcast, well, you must subscribe, my friend. Yes, indeed. You must subscribe to Family Travel Radio. That wasn't even a British accent. To get us ready for our British adventure, I sat down and had a wonderful chat with Sheila Wiley from Visit Britain. And Sheila is going to break down some of the some of the wonderful things that await families in Britain. We're going to kind of go point by point here, and you're going to hear me break in from time to time as Sheila educates us on all things Great Britain for families. As you may know, Britain has a very special place in my heart because it was the very first overseas trip I took, and I took that trip with my grandparents and with my parents. My passport got its first stamp in London at Gatwick Airport in March of 1989, and now just over 30 years later, I am getting ready to take my kids on their first overseas trip to London. So life comes full circle, my friends, and I'm really, really excited. And here's Sheila Wiley from Visit Britain talking about why Britain is such a great place to take kids. Well, I think, you know, a key thing is that Britain has an enormous amount of things to offer to families with children of all ages. So whether it's your children at ages three and six, 
or yourself when you were 12 becoming a tweener, the beauty of the architecture and the, and the royal heritage. There's an enormous amount for young children to do within the cities, like the beautiful parks, the zoos, the museums. Many of the museums are free. So, you know, some of the greatest museums like the British Museum, uh, transportation museums, there's a big fascination with often with young boys, but it could be with girls as well, with steam trains. And Britain has quite a history of, uh, of steam trains. You know, some of the other things that maybe the older teens might like are going to places that have been in films. You know, for example, uh, Harry Potter. The films were filmed all over Britain. So, you know, whether you're going to England or Scotland or Wales or uh, within London, there's a lot of places that you can go. And, and it, it has inspired people to want to travel to Britain. One of my all-time greatest travel memories was from that trip to London. And it was when I had realized that after several days of riding the tube, the underground subway in London, after several days, I realized that I had completely mastered the tube. I could zip all over town all by myself, theoretically. I was still with my parents. I was 12 years old. They didn't just leave me to run around London on my own. But I, I knew in my heart that I could conceivably move around this giant city all by myself, one of the largest, most populated cities in the world, and I could navigate it all by myself. And at 12 years old, that was such a powerful feeling of freedom and independence. And here, Sheila and I talk a little bit more about the transportation, getting around London, getting around England. So I grew up, Sheila, in Southern California, in Orange County, and very spread out part of the world's public transportation, at least back in those days, was virtually non-existent. So I, I go to London at 12 and we spend you know a week zipping around London on the tube. And to me, that was one of the most liberating feelings of independence I think I've had in my life. It's, it's one of my strongest memories to this day in terms of the way it made me feel. So talk to me about just uh, the ease of moving around London and then the, the mm -hmm. Oyster card and just tell me about the, sure. the tube in general. So as you mentioned, uh, it's uh, the the, the um, nickname is the tube and you know you can connect all throughout London's different boroughs an easy way to do that is to pick up an oyster card which you can get preloaded uh, with a certain value and top it up as you go along in fact actually visit Britain has a shop visit Britainshop.com where you can purchase oyster cards in advance in US dollars which is a huge thing because you can't purchase them you know elsewhere in the United States visit Britain doesn't advertise the shop in Britain it's really for overseas visitors we um, sell in multiple currencies but that's one of the things you could do you could also pick up a Brit rail press and that would get you intercity um, many of those passes, it, you'd have to look to find out the detail, but many of them provide free transportation with a paying adult for ages 5 to 15. You know, that's a huge, huge value. And to the point that you said, you know, you found it very liberating, is that, you know, as a 12-year-old who's dependent on getting around California and big distances in a car, you wouldn't really have as many options other than your bike in your local neighborhood to get around. So when you're going on the, the tube or on a train, you, it gives children a little bit of a sense of freedom that they're in control, that they're guiding it, and their parents might be with them, but their parents don't have any additional control on that. You know, they're not driving the car. They have to, you know, go along together. 
Another thing is to consider in the bigger cities is the double-decker sightseeing buses. There's several companies that operate them, and they're a great way to get around the city, whether you're in Edinburgh or you're in Manchester or um, London and other cities. It can give you a really good overview of the city, but then you can also hop on, at maybe uh, you know stop for lunch, visit a, a site that you want to see, and perhaps just walk around a, a, one of the neighborhoods then get back on and you could do that. You could buy two days, three days or more and use that as transportation. So that's another option. There are plenty of people that will rent cars and drive on the left-hand side of the road. So if you want to get more into the country, that's an option. And I certainly recommend every American try that at least <laughs> once. I did it in, in Ireland about five or six years ago. It was is an adventure and I'm actually, I'm going to do it again here in just a couple of weeks. We're going to spend a few days down the Southern southern coast mm-hmm. in Brighton. We're going to rent a car and an old dad's going <laughs> to gonna cart the family around on the left side of the road and just say a little <laughs> prayer and, and hope for the best. Well, like I said in the intro, traveling overseas with our kids was not originally in our plans for at least a couple more years down the road, but we had our timeline sped up by an irresistible flight deal. And in this part of our conversation, Sheila and I get into affordability and accessibility when it comes to air travel and getting to and from London about how it's become easier and more affordable to get to the UK from the States. A big development in the last few years is just enormous amount of secondary cities that are now getting service to Britain. Norwegian Air is opening up a lot of direct routes. United. You, you hit it right on the head with the affordability piece. We actually, mm-hmm. my family and I, we actually sped up our, our timeline a bit. We were initially, we were going to wait a couple more years before we took our kids overseas because it is an expense mm-hmm. and it is a commitment, but it was it was Norwegian Air, one of the airlines you touched on there who offer mm-hmm. direct flights from San Francisco, which is close by here uh, where I live in Sacramento. And we were I was able to get my whole family over there for, for $1,400 total for four round trip tickets, direct flights in and out of London. It was just too hard to... Too difficult to pass up. I couldn't couldn't resist. So yeah, we spent you know, our time. It's really on incredible that you mentioned that because you know you could pay the same just going to Florida. In fact, Norwegian uh, just launched that service from San Francisco direct. They also launched uh, Miami direct a couple of weeks before that. Um, another thing that's opened up opportunities is we've talked about going beyond London. London is you know is is really um, you know top destination for Americans, um, but they also go beyond, and that's what's kind of neat about our market, is uh, willing to explore beyond London. If you've ever thought about taking your kids overseas, but it just seems too intimidating, or you just don't know where to start, I got to recommend London. Britain is just a great place to start. That's where that's where I started, so I'm definitely coming at it from a, a biased viewpoint. However, there are just really a lot of great reasons why Britain is just a great place to start for that first overseas trip with your family that, in my case, led to many more and more adventurous trips in the future, and why I think that's just a great way to get your family's adventure started. And here's Sheila Wiley with her take on why Britain is a great first overseas trip for families. Well, you know, when I think about traveling overseas internationally, 
you know, obviously you need a passport. I think all Americans should have a passport. And a big difference um, from, say, 25 years ago is maybe only, I don't know, 12% of Americans have passports. Today, there's over 44% that have passports or 42%, excuse me. That's a, you know, so it's a lot easier to say, you know what, let's go to, let's go to Britain. Let's go to England. Let's go to London on short notice if they've already got the passport. It's English speaking, which is huge because, you know, there might be some trepidation either from the parents or their concern about the children and their ability to communicate. Obviously, you know, there's some fantastic accents all throughout Britain, but um, but more or less, you know, we're all talking the same language. And I think that's a big thing. There's a huge cultural connection between Britain and the U.S. For example, this year is the uh, 70th anniversary of D-Day. And, you know, that's part of World War II history. I know my son, starting when, when he was about 10, became very fascinated about World War II and seeing all these movies, uh, FDR and Churchill. And um, there's that huge connection and that shared history that we have uh, related to not just, you know, World War II, but other uh, connections. Of course, the royal family having Meghan Markle, Mary um, Prince Harry has caused quite a few Americans to be that maybe didn't know much about uh, Britain or the royal family to have, you know, a fascination with London and Britain. And, you know, they all saw the wedding on uh, in Windsor live, you know, on television. I think there's a, there's a lot of different reasons why families would have an interest in going. Whether you're at home or on the road, one of the perennial challenges, the never-ending conversations with kids is about food. And over in London, over in Britain, there is a diverse, very diverse array of food, more diverse than, it, than it's ever been before. I recall visiting as a kid about 30 years ago, and it was mostly traditional, quote-unquote traditional British food, and that has really changed a lot for the for the better over the last couple of decades there really is something for everyone and one of the most memorable food experiences i've had in my life happened in london and you're going to hear about it right now in our final segment with sheila wiley from visit britain the spiciest the spiciest dish i ever had in my entire life was at an indian restaurant in london absolutely just about blew the top of my head off how spicy it was. In the past, London had been associated with bland. This was anything but bland. I could not believe how spicy this food was. And I like spicy. Yeah, I know. It's, they, it, it, it is a bit spicier in some places. You, you touched on it. Indian food is, is uh, very popular throughout Britain and it's just really good. But you could equally go to places like in the East End or Shoreditch where you're going to get these uh, great communities where you'll have you know, some great street food. You know, one of the, my favorite places is Borough Market. I, if you haven't been, I hope you can take a gander there. But it's um, just incredible uh, market with produce, but also food stands. You know, whether it's seafood from Sussex or um, Indian food. One thing people are concerned about today that I think was different than maybe 20, 30 years ago is um, people have different interests in eating or, you know, so some are vegan and some are gluten-free and some are vegetarian, pescatarian. All of those things are things that you can readily get in Britain now. 
while not everything is pub grub, I still love to go to a pub lunch and have, you know, whether it's a, a shepherd's pie or, or a steak and kidney pie and a pint of beer. Uh, not advocating that for children. I'm just saying <laughs> their parents might, especially if they're taking the train, they don't need to drive. There's enough to to kind of quench everyone's thirst or or uh, satisfy different palates. You know, so um, you know some amazing Thai food. Um, you know, and then of course you know some more traditional things that people still love to do. Americans in particular is you know have a traditional afternoon tea. Um, and that can be fun with kids, you know, where you're having little sandwiches and some desserts and some tea. Uh, when we were talking about food, uh, one of the most popular, sh- a, a popular show in the U.S. is the great uh, British uh, baking baking show. Right? So, and um, you know, it's my you know, I have family. They're both Irish and British heritage and English, and and they all were great bakers. And, you know, I think until that show came on, people didn't realize that was something that is just that British people excel at, you know. So um, I just, you know, remember my grandmother baking. She baked almost daily. It's something that's, it's, uh, you know, quite popular. And we all know kids like sweets. So, <laughs> Well, Sheila, your passion for Britain is coming through loud and clear. And I am absolutely just thrilled that I'm going to be there in just a couple of weeks with my kids to kick off and just hopefully write that first chapter in their travel story. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're a treasure trove of information. And <laughs> if there's anything else missing, I think Sheila covered most of it, but there's plenty more information waiting for you at visitbritain.com. Tons of articles for families, things to do, and attractions. It's all right there at visitbritain.com. We're going to have links in the show notes for all the stuff that Sheila and I talked about today. So you're not going to miss a thing. Sheila Wiley, thanks so much for taking some time today on Family Travel. Travel Radio. Thank you, Aaron. It's been a pleasure. Hold on to your crumpets, my friend, because Family Travel Radio is headed to London starting this Friday, the 19th of April. We're going to be coming at you with daily live recaps of our family adventure in England. So I really hope you tune in and follow the Family Travel Association on social media. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. There's links to do that over at familytravel.org slash radio. Thanks to my daughter, Adri, for being this week's announcer. I love you, Adri. And we are on our way to London, my friend. This is Aaron Schlein, and I'm signing off.